So I realize today is, is Super Bowl Sunday. Obviously, a lot of us got the memo where you follow along, you know, in Facebook, and, and you're wearing your, your jersey. Even if your team didn't make the Super Bowl, you're proud. You're like, yes, Dolphins, 1970-something. I got you, Tony. <laughs> no, it's, it, obviously, it's Super Bowl Sunday. We're just going to have a super fun day this morning. And before we dive into the message... I need a Patriots fan, and I need a Falcons fan. First hands up. Patriots. I know you're Patriots, John. Falcons. Who's Falcons? Brandon, you going Falcons? No, no, no. That's not. That's weak. That's weak sauce. Falcons. Real Falcons. Who wants the Falcons to desperately win today? I'm going for an adult. Let's go for an adult. I pick on James too much. I do pick on James. Jessica Gandy and the Packers. All right. Come on up. Come on up. I know you really want, I really know you hate the Patriots, so it's a mutual love. All right, so this is, you get a, you get a gift out of all this, so you're not just doing something. So you get, you get a, um, you need a game prop, you, you need a game, you need a game prop, so here's, here's your game prop, Patriots fan, um, there you go, that's, that's good, that's good for you. All right, now go ahead and step down on the floor there, go ahead and step down on the floor, actually you might need to stay up, you can't, okay. Um, can you see her? I'm just kidding. Um, she's, she's on staff. We joke. We kid. She thinks stamps come from the Spaceship Enterprise. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, that's for real. Um, so here's, here's the deal. All right, y'all are going to get to vote for whoever does the best end zone dance for 15 seconds. So, John, you're, the, you're, the, you're on the Patriots team, and you have just scored the game-winning touchdown, and you've got to get that, you gotta get that end zone dance. Jessica... You're wearing the wrong uniform, but you are the biggest Falcons fan right now, and you just want them to lose, and you just scored the game-winning touchdown, and you have to do an end zone dance. So if you've got Facebook Live, this is going to be an opportunity. You're going to want it. I'm like, I watch the commercials. I'm like, when am I ever going to go live? Yeah, this is that moment, if you ever didn't know. So, All right, so Jessica, we're going to start ladies first, all right, and then we're going to go to the Patriots, and we're going to do a show of applause, who has the best end zone dance, and then they win the prize, all right? You got 15 seconds to wow us. You ready? Two, three, go. In zone dance. And you dropped up the football. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That's 10 more seconds to go. We're back to the wave. Now she's confused. Now sprinkler, sprinkler. You good? All right, all right. Patriots. Patriots score the game-winning touchdown. John, give us your end zone winning dance. She's still going. Okay, all right, refs. Okay, by show of hands, better end zone dance. Let's just be sure. Let's be sure it was the Falcons, okay? A little bit more? Okay. All right, yeah. All right, let's give John a hand. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you, John. And, John, you win this book. Football Faith, 52 NFL Stars Reflect on Their Faith. It's a cool little book, so let's give John a hand. All right. No, that's not biblical. So we're talking some faith in football this morning. And I actually just want to start off with a couple of stories that we may 
uh, or may not know about a couple of the guys who were or are in the NFL. So just a couple fun facts right here. Anyone know Jared Allen? Jared Allen. Let's put some Jared Allen up. Yeah? Jared Allen, anyone know him? Actually retired last year uh, after 12 seasons in the NFL. He has a favorite verse, and it's James, uh, two verses, James chapter 3, verses 9 and 10, which says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. James writes, My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Reflecting on that verse, this is what Jared Allen writes. My first goal in life and every day is to be a better man of God. Everything I have is because of Him. Everything. I once learned at a team chapel that you can learn to handle anything if you walk the walk and live with integrity. I took that seriously and committed to watch my language. So I started making little changes in my life, and not cussing was the start of that process. It's a small thing, I know, but I feel more peace in my life now. One other way I work on being the man God wants me to be is in reading my Bible. If I don't read my playbook, I'm not successful on the field. My Bible is my playbook for life. So if I don't read my Bible, how can I wear the full armor of Christ and stand firm against the world? Football is what we do, but it's not who we are. It's our relationship with God that defines us. When I'm dead and gone, I want people to say that I was a great husband and father. And when I die, I want God to say, Welcome home, good and faithful servant. And that's how I gear my life. Jared Allen twice led the NFL in sacks, including a Vikings team record of 22 sacks in 2011. He was a fourth-round draft pick and a finalist for the Brett Starr Award. If I say the word or the name Michael Vick, what pops in your brain? Dogfighting, right? Dogfighting. He actually, Michael Vick, you know, he just announced, formally announced his retirement this past Friday. So he's, even on the Steelers, he's, he's done. But uh, he's got a verse here, and it might shed a little bit of light on Michael Vick, as it did for me as well. It comes from the book of Jonah, chapter 2, verse 2. I called out to the Lord out of my distress, and He answered me. He writes this, I was always a believer growing up, but when you're young, you feel like you know it all. And when it seems you have everything like fame and money, at that particular time in your life, you can stray. Looking back when you're older, you realize you are still a kid. I've done a lot of sinning in my life. I'm not a saint, but I'm no different than anyone else. But as I ask forgiveness, I continue to receive blessings. I'm so blessed to be where I am at right now, and it took me falling down, hitting the bottom to get back up again. Before I was incarcerated, it was all about me. When I got to prison, I realized I couldn't do it anymore. The one thing I could rarely rely on was my faith in God. Through the unfortunate situation I put myself in, I found Jesus and asked Him for forgiveness and turned my life over to God. And there were a lot of Bible verses that helped me in that time, especially the book of Jeremiah, but this one passage stands out. Jonah was cast deep into the sea and swallowed up by a fish, but he called out to the Lord and he was saved. I was cast aside too, sitting in a prison cell, swallowed up by the mistakes I had made and by the culture I grew up in. But I reached out for Jesus, and I was saved. Michael Vick has run for more yards than any QB ever in the NFL in a single season, over 1,000 yards. He was a first-round draft pick and a four-time pro bowler. Nick Foles. Anyone Nick Foles? Yeah? He actually reads his Bible as a pregame warm-up. His favorite verse is 1 Peter 
chapter 5, verse 6, which says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that He may lift you up in due time. He says, I started reading the Bible at a young age. And this verse has always stuck with me. As a young kid, I was always looking at the way athletes carried themselves. And my favorites were the guys who carried themselves in a humble way. Now that I'm fortunate enough to be in the NFL, I have an opportunity to be one of those athletes. I pray every day, all throughout the day. Even in games, I'm praying. I read my Bible whenever I have an opportunity, whether I'm in the sauna warming up or cooling down after practice. In the morning when I wake up, I listen to Christian music. I just continually think about Scripture, about God, and keep my mind there. And I find that every day there's something new, something to learn. And I find that the more I read Scripture, the more I learn how to handle things better and be more disciplined. And that's why I keep that verse in mind. Nick Foles set the Eagles' rookie records for yards, attempts, and completions in 2012. And in 2013, he made NFL League history with the highest touchdown-to-interception ratio. If you're an FSU fan, you know it's the score of the FSU Florida game a few years ago, 27-2. to Yeah, oh, dig deep, dig deep. He actually finished that year with the third-highest quarterback rating ever of 119.2. Finally this morning, last story, a kicker named David Akers. Anyone know David Akers? Philly fans, I hope so. He was a kicker for Washington Redskins, for the Philadelphia Eagles for a long time, for San Francisco for a couple of years, and then Detroit before he stopped in 2013. And his verse is Romans chapter 8, verse 28, which says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who are called according to His purpose. Now David Akers wasn't drafted by any, any NFL team. Even after setting a high school, I'm sorry, a Reading, uh, uh, college record, uh, he was a kicker at the University of Louisville. Lowell, if you're from there. Lowell, he just, you just glutteral, just Lowell. He was a kicker at University of Lowell, and he set records there for most field goals that, that year. But he found himself working as a waiter and a substitute teacher before he finally got his break with the Philadelphia Eagles, and he became one of the NFL's all-time greatest kickers. He writes this, God can do all things in all times for our good. I have witnessed this truth time and time again in my own life. No life isn't a bed of roses, but I've learned that God can clean the weeds and cultivate this ground into His rose garden. My goal as a Christian, then, is to live out the love of Christ to advance His kingdom. I want to be able to give God the glory in all the things that I do. How? By serving His children. By the way I live as a husband, as a father, and as a friend. By the way I give financially to His church and to those in need, and by acknowledging His blessings no matter what my circumstances in life look like. That's why I like to focus on this verse each day, because it reminds me of God's presence and His promise. David Akers, man, where to begin? He has the NFL record for most points in a decade. Most points in a decade, 1,169 points. He has the most field goals in an NFL season at 44. He played more games in a Philadelphia Eagles uniform than anyone else ever at 188 games. He also has the most points in Pro Bowl history. I just wanted us to think about some different perspectives on this morning as we're talking about faith in football. And when you're watching that game tonight, you're going to realize two things. First, that the winning team is going to have an overall balance 
of offense, of defense, and of special teams, right? Second, as soon as that game is over, you're going to realize you have 214 more days to wait until the next regular college se- or the next regular NFL game, regular season. 214 days. It's <sighs> a long time. Whew. But just like that balance of offense, of defense, and of special teams, a trinity, uh, uh, if you will, the simple game of football can actually help us understand our faith just a little bit better. That's why we sang about all of those three this morning. Anyone notice that? We sang about Jesus on the cross, sing and shout, right? We sing about our Father's deep love for us in that last song. We sang, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here, all three, right? Now, you might be asking, hey, can football really help me understand my faith? The point blank answer is, well, absolutely, yes. And it's just a parable, really, what we're going to be doing today. It's the same type of thing that Jesus taught, using common everyday references to help people like you and me see who he was, who his father was, and who he would leave behind. And I said, who he would leave behind, right? Not what. I think sometimes, you know, we, we put the Holy Spirit in this I don't know box. You know, so we, we, we think that, you know, Father, I, I can kind of get my brain around that a little bit. We've all had a Father. That's how we're here physically at one point. We kind of get, you know, even good or bad. I figure out Father. I can, I can figure out Son. Maybe I am one or maybe I am a daughter. I can figure out kind of that parent thing relationship. But the Holy Spirit, that's like a giant question mark. Is it a who or is it a what? It's a who. It's not a what. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 says that God said, let's make man, male and female, in our likeness. It wasn't a two-way conversation. All three, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we're going to look at offense, defense, and special teams this morning. Let's say that together. Offense, Offense. defense. defense. Oh yeah, you did it too. Special teams. One more time. Offense. Defense. Special teams. All right. All right. Now, obviously, God is not limited to these three categories. You know, if he was, he would not be God. All right, so we're on the same page. But I think that, that using simple illustrations like that of this, offense, defense, and special teams can help us understand a new perspective of the Trinity of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we're going to start off with offense. Let's take a guess here. What part of our three-part God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, would we think is our offense? Any guess? God, well, it's all God. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit make up God, okay? All right, that's the Trinity, all right? God is technically a right answer, but we're going to be more specific. We have the Father, we have the Son, and the Holy Spirit. These are our three choices. What's, what do you think is going to be our offense? Take a guess. Father, anyone else? Son, anyone else? It's the one we don't understand. That's right. The one we put in a box because we don't know what to do with it. We, we throw it over there because it's like, this is the thing that I don't understand about the faith that I say I believe. And we don't know what to do with it because we don't know what or who it is. We're going to unravel some of that this morning. Who is our offense? Our offense is Holy Spirit. Let's dive into this. Book of Ephesians. New Testament. If you have a Bible... Go ahead and open it up. Book of Ephesians. 
I'm going to make you all turn there today. There's not going to be scriptures on the screen, just the references. If you have a Bible, go ahead and turn there. If you have a smart app, go ahead and turn it on. If you don't have a Bible, uh, I'm looking at Mike and Jay over there. There are like 122 ESVs over there. If you would like a Bible, they're going to pass them out. If you do not have a Bible of your own at all, just walk out of here with it this morning. Just take it with you. Um, so we're going to be in Ephesians, book of Ephesians, chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. You're going to find some similarities to what Jared Allen was talking about. Paul writes here in his church to Ephesus, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. In other words, y'all getting ready to play a football game. You've got to have all your gear and all your equipment. You can't go out there without a shoe. That doesn't work. You can't go out there without a helmet. They flag and you can't play anymore, right? You can't go out there with no shoulder pads. You're going to get hurt real bad. You've got to have all of it. You've got to have all of it on. For we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness. We're going to be coming back to that. Against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, all your pads, all your gear, all your cleats, all your helmets, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done everything you can, having done all, just to stand. Just standing will be good enough from what you've endured, is what Paul's saying. Verse 14, Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, on the shoes for your feet, gotta have some cleats, we're gonna be moving. Gotta run that 440, right? Having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, which, which you're gonna extinguish the darts of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation. We understand helmet, right? The, and then the what? And the, if you're reading, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. Now the sword is not a defensive weapon. Are we clear on that? The shield is a defensive weapon. The sword is an offensive weapon. And we get the Holy Spirit confused because we misplace it in this whole armor of God category. The sword is an offensive weapon. And that's what Paul writes. It's that sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And he lays out a, a great thing for us. You see, Paul writes what is talked about in all the Scriptures. That there are, what he writes is, cosmic powers over a present darkness. That there are spiritual forces of evil. Y'all know there's spiritual forces of evil in this world? Now, this spiritual evil manifests itself in the form of hatred. In the form of greed. Of anger of envy, of slander, of rage, of selfishness, of murder, of addiction, of sickness, of division. And the, and the list just goes on. And there's not one of us in here or out there that doesn't fight these battles in one way or another, day after day after day. Let me tell you something. If you're going to do battle against a spiritual evil, then you need a spiritual holiness on your side. If you're going to do battle, which we are, against a spiritual evil, which Paul writes about and exists in all those different forms, if you're going to do battle against that, to try to conquer addictions, to try to be not the angry person that you know God didn't make you to be, to try to stop being jealous or envious of that other person's stuff that you just know is not healthy for you, if you're going to stop all that, if you're going to go to battle against a spiritual evil, you need a spiritual holiness on your side. That's why the Holy Spirit 
is our offense. Because this spiritual holiness manifests itself not into many different Medusa-like heads, like evil does, and all of its different forms of addiction, of, of rage, of anger, of, of greed, of all of those different things. No. Spiritual holiness manifests itself into just one. Paul writes what it is. Lays it out for us. What is it? The Word of God. You see, by reading this Word, by letting this Word guide your thoughts, guide your decisions, guide your actions, guide your reactions, guide your motives, you can win that battle. And this is why when Jesus is being tempted in the desert by the devil in Matthew chapter 4, what does he do to rebuke him? He quotes what? Scripture. The offense. He doesn't go all superpower awesome Jesus in the middle of the desert to prove, even though he could, no. He quotes the word of God. He uses his offense. And you know what? If it's a good enough offense for Jesus, it's a darn good enough offense for me and you, right? He quoted scripture back at the devil. You see, the Son of God read the Word of God to demonstrate the Father-God relationship. Our problem most days is that we just don't know what this book says. Like Jared Allen wrote this morning, the defensive tackle for the Vikings, the Bible is our playbook, right? And if you think that Christians today are just kind of running around seeming lost and confused, and if it's a football game, they don't know if it's a run play or a pass play. They're fumbling the ball, they're dropping passes. They don't know where they're going and bumping into each other. And if you think that's the way Christians are today, you know what, you're right. Because not enough of us have read the playbook. You may wonder how certain denominations believe this or believe that. How some people say gay is okay and some don't. How some say communion has to be with wine and others say no grape juice is okay. How some people say you don't have to be in church and others say you do. How some people say that tithing is an only Old Testament thing and then some people say it's not. It's because there are not enough players playing the game have read the playbook. If you read the playbook, we'd all be on the same page. Don't be one of those teammates. This, this Word of God, the Holy Spirit breathed into us when we were baptized into faith is our greatest offense in this world. Say offense. offense. You got offense? Alright. So if that's our offense, who's our defense? We've narrowed one of the Trinity down, so now we only have two choices, making it easier. Huh? You say son? How many people think son? How many people think father? How many don't know and you're just like, oh, that's why I'm here? <laughs> the Holy Spirit is our offense. The defender, our defense, is our father. Here's why. Psalm 18, verse 2. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Psalm 62, verse 6. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be shaken. Psalm 46, 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. 2 Samuel, chapter 22, verse 2. The Lord is my rock and my fortress, my deliverer. Psalm 9 
91 verse 2, I will say the Lord my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Psalm 144 verse 2, my loving kindness and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield and he in whom I take refuge. You who subdue my enemies before me. Nahum chapter 1 verse 7, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble and he knows those who take refuge in him. Do I need to keep going? There are so many more scriptures like this in there. Is that enough to get the point? Because there's more. God the Father is our defense. He's our fortress we run to when we need help. You know football, a lot of guys say that defense wins games, right? When you're in a, when you're in a bind, you, you lean on that defense. You can be Louisville. Whoa. And, win the, and have a Heisman Trophy winner throwing passes. But if you don't have any defense... You're going to have every game's going to be close. God the Father is our defense. He's the fortress we run to when we need help. He's the arms out wide ready to hug our prodigal natured selves. Every time we come back to Him. Every time we come back to Him. Every time we come back to Him. And He knows those who take refuge within Him. And if you're a dad or you're a parent, you know that type of love that you have for your kids, that no words can describe what you would or wouldn't do to keep them safe, right? Dad's in here, where are you at? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you can't put that, you can't put that into words. There's actually a song you may have heard, a little popular. I'm going to do my best to butcher it. <laughs> but if you know this song, and you've never thought about it in the way of God, our Father, why don't you take a listen? Easy come, easy go, that's just how you live. Oh, take, take, take it all, but you never give. Should have known you were trouble from the first thing. Had your eyes wide open, eyes wide open. Gave you all I had and you tossed it in the trash, tossed it in the trash you did. To give me all your love is all I ever asked. Cause what you don't understand is I catch a grenade for you Throw my head on a blade for you You know I'd run up a train for you You know I'd do anything for you Whoa, I would go through all this pain Take a bullet straight through my brain Yes, I would die for you, baby but you won't do the same. All right, so. You're like, did my pastor just sing Bruno Mars? You're like, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Easy come, easy go. That's just how you live. Take, take. Take it all, but you never give. I should have known you were trouble from the first. Go back to the garden, right? Had your eyes wide open. What happened in that garden? Why were they open? Gave you all I had and you tossed it in the trash. Oh, you tossed it in the trash, you did. <laughs> to give me all your love is all I've ever asked. Because what you don't understand is I would catch a grenade for you. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd throw my head on a blade for you. Yeah, yeah. You, you, I'd jump in front of a train for you. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'd do anything, anything for you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
I'd go through all of this pain. Take a bullet straight through my brain. Yes, I would die for you, baby. But you won't do the same. You see, God the Father is our defense. And also discipline and some other things that we don't like to admit sometimes. But there's just one little bitty, bitty, bitty bit that makes a big, big difference in that song to actually God our Father. You see, God our Father just didn't write lyrics that he would possibly think about doing. No, no. He actually followed through with those things. And our defender defended us and sent his son. So we have our offense. Offense? Who it is, offense? Holy Spirit. Okay, all right. We have our defense. Defense. Who it is? All right. And we got special teams. Special teams. We're out of choices, James. There's only three doors. Now, as any FSU fans will know, you're going to need to win games. You're going to need a good kicker. Wide left and wide right don't win championships. Any Bama fans in here? You know the special teams are important. You know that you're never, ever, ever just simply going to kick a field goal to Auburn ever again, right? Every special teams need that star athlete, right, who can run that kickoff back or punt back when you have given up hope that your team could ever win. And that moment happens like the Auburn-Alabama game a few years ago. And it just blows the other team away. And expectations go away. Suddenly scores the game-winning touchdown. And any great team will have something that no one knows about, like fake punts or onside kick, right? That's when they do them, special teams. Any great team will have great special teams. Special teams? Special teams. And everything about Jesus was special. From his miraculous birth to to what he knew teaching in the temples as a boy. To healing more people than could be written about. To knowledge that, that put the wisest men to shame. To disappearing acts in scripture where he just suddenly vanished. To knowing the future of events. To walking on water. To raising people from the dead. Turn with me to the book of Matthew. Book of Matthew. Chapter 3, Matthew chapter 3, first of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. This is the baptism of Jesus. And when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist, great name, right? Immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the, if you're following on, the what? The Spirit uh-huh, of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son. Well, who's saying my Son? Well, there's the Father with whom I am well pleased. Right from the moment. Jesus begins His ministry. Boom. The Trinity unfolds. Fun fact, the word Trinity is never used in Scripture. It just happens. It came up with a great name for it. End of Matthew. Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. It's the last two verses in this book of Matthew. Jesus has already been crucified for us, already been sent by the Defender, our Father, to take the punishment meant for us. He's already died, He's already been buried, He's already risen from the grave, and He's already walking around doing miraculous acts. And this is His last words to the disciples. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Boom. Offense, defense, 
special teams. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. At the beginning of Jesus' ministry, the Trinity was there. At the end of Jesus' ministry, the Trinity is there. And everyone who knew or walked with Jesus knew that this was one special dude. But he also had a special mission. You see, he was God and man on earth. God that had only been talked about and talked to for thousands of years was suddenly here with us doing the talking to. And Jesus was sent by the Father, again our defender, remember, to take that punishment that was meant for us. Even in Jesus' death on the cross, our Father was defending us. The best part is this. Jesus is God, right? The Son, right? So that little thing we call death down here, He owns. You see, you can look up at the scoreboard and give up hope that you can win your game called life. There's too many things against you. There's not enough time left on the clock. There's no hope. They, the enemy has more points than you do. No hope. You're out of timeouts. You can't even feel like you can stop and pause and take a breath. No hope. You've been beaten. You've been bruised. You've been battered. You've been told you're not good enough. You've been told they're better than you are. No hope. No life. Nothing to fight for. Why not just watch that clock tick out? Call it quits. There goes the end of your season. And ultimately, death. Right? Boom! Suddenly! This stacked, huge, muscle-ripped dude walks onto the field. You're like... Where did this guy come from? Just look at him. He looks like my brother-in-law, Jeff. He just must work out in, in the gym 18 hours a day and drink, and drink protein shakes. Where did this guy come from? And he walks onto the field. He's like, special teams, special teams. And the coach says, you know, actually, this guy, he's my son. You're like, What? You didn't, you, didn't say, you didn't say you had son. And then he was like, that was actually, this son is the best player ever, like ever in the history of ever, ever, ever. And he's going to go out and he's going to play. And you know what? And I've actually been saving him for just this right moment. Not before, not a moment after. Special teams comes on and he goes on the field now and he takes that kickoff return. No time left on the clock. No hope left in your life. Boom, there's Jesus. Boom, stiff arm of Sadducee. Juke move of Pharisee. Spin move around every worldly problem. Here comes death. Here comes death. Wow! Hurdles death. The 40, the 30, the 20, the 10, the 5. Touchdown! Woo! The game is over! Special teams! Special teams! Jesus has won us, you and me, this game called life. His death on that cross was because the Father knew we needed defending. His resurrection from that death gave us that new beginning. Jesus, the Son of God, 
is our special teams. We're going to close out with the scripture. John chapter 14. John chapter 14. We're going to start in verse 15. And if you've ever read through a passage like this, or been confused by a passage like this before, my hope this morning is that football and faith can shed a little bit more light on what Jesus is saying here. He writes in verse 15, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees nor knows Him, that Holy Spirit, but you know Him. For He dwells with you and will be in you. I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world won't see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. And if that's ever confused you, hopefully it's like, oh, okay, defender, Holy Spirit, special teams, offense, okay. <laughs> Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, just to be clear, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us? This doesn't make sense enough for the world. How can we see you when they can't see you? Jesus answered him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Huh? What's the word again? Boom. Holy Spirit, offense. And my Father will love him, and he will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. No, Holy Spirit. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's. Who sent me your and my defender, the things I have spoken to you while I'm still here with you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all the things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Like, how are we going to remember that when you're gone? Because they wrote it down. Y'all with me? Okay. Just make sure we're on the same page there. How are we going to remember that? It's, it's here. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. So let not your hearts be troubled. Nor let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I'm going away. And I will come to you. You're like, no, 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 not a star player. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced. Because you know what? I'm going to the Father. For the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place. So that when it does take place, you will believe. I'm not, not going to talk much with you. For the ruler of this world, what's his name again? Death, the ruler of this world is coming, but he has no claim over me. Uh-uh. But I do as the Father has commanded me so that the world may know that I love the Father. And this last sentence here, if you have the Falcons abridged version, it says, rise up. It says, rise up. Dirty bird. It says, rise up. Let us go from here. Now this morning, you know what? You can know an offense, you can know a defense, and a special teams that nothing in this world can match. You can know the God who fights for you. You can know the God who defends you. You can know the God who saves you. Today it's about so much more than football. It's about forever. 
So much more than football. It's about our forever. Rise up. There is a God who loves you more than any of us deserve. And if you don't know Jesus this morning, there's an opportunity that will never, ever pass you by until that moment when you're no longer on this earth. You can pray that prayer this morning. Daniel, James, our life pastor, is going to be up here after the service. If you want someone to talk to or someone to pray with or you've made a choice, say, you know what? Maybe it just took a little tweak of faith in football for me to understand a God that I couldn't try to put in a box before because I, you can't. A better offense for you. A better defense for you. And a better special teams than you or me ever deserve. Rise up. Let's go from here. Make disciples of all nations, because other people need to know the team we're playing for. Baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's pray.